Hey, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is the podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and together with Bruce, we have written three dozen cookbooks, are writing the three dozen plus one right now. I can't wait to tell you about that. But the latest one out on the market is the Look and Cook Air Fryer Bible with over 700 photographs. Every single step of every recipe is photographed thanks to the folks at Voracious, an imprint of Little Brown for making such a beautiful book for us. We're very excited that it's out there. Check it out for your new air fryer and the new year. But in this podcast, we're not talking about air frying. Instead, we've got a one-minute cooking tip. We've got a weird recipe that Bruce has crafted out of a strange bit of inspiration. We'll tell you all about that. It's for a meat sauce that you can drag raw vegetables through. Very interesting. And we'll tell you what's making us happy in food this week. So let's get started. Our one-minute cooking tip. Easy, cheesy dumplings. You can make them for any stew or chili, and it all starts with store-bought pizza dough. If possible, not from the can, but from a plastic bag. Or even from a pizza parlor. You yes. can go in and ask them to buy a dough. Do you know this? That in not necessarily, I don't know about chains like Papa John's, but in... Uh, pizza, a lot of pizza parlors, you can go in and just say, can I buy a dough? And they'll look at you weird and they won't know how to price it. So they'll charge you like a couple bucks, but you can, they've got them sitting right there. So you can buy them. Outside of places like New York or Chicago, that might not be so easy to I don't do. Know. Local it, pizza places, yeah, maybe. Places that sell pizza by the slice is where you kind of want to go. And that's, that, that's a real New York thing. You yeah, know, in New York, if is. you say to someone, what'd you have for lunch at a slice? That means you have pizza. I know. Of course, it's a weird New York thing. Okay, so anyway, go back to the pizza. So you have your pizza dough. You leave it at room temperature for a few hours to soften up, and your yeast activates, and it rises. And then you gently fold in some shredded cheese. And if you've seen the episode of Schitt's Creek and you don't know how to fold cheese, well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just fold. I don't know how to fold broken cheese. <laughs> <laughs> if you say fold that cheese one more time. Right. Uh, so you fold in the cheese, and then you roll it into balls, and you drop that dough right on top of your simmering chicken stew or your chili, cover it, simmer it 20 more minutes, and you're done. Now, we're not talking about, like, enclosing the cheese in the dough. We're talking about literally sprinkling cheese all over the dough and then kind of kneading, kneading it all it together in. Kneading it in. and creating, then cutting off little balls. And rolling those balls. Yep. Dump. And they steam and they puff. And there's something I love about a cheesy pizza dough dumpling sitting on top mm -hmm. of chili. Oh, my Texas relatives are all coming to kill us right now. They're, they're getting in their trucks and driving up here to New England to shoot us. And in um, fact, if you use mozzarella <laughs> cheese, you could even put it on top of like a bowl of bolognese sauce. Oh, there you go. Uh, now, I, I don't have any Italian relatives, but all the Italians from New Jersey are driving up here There's to gonna kill There's going to be us. a dead horse head in my bed tomorrow, oh, I think. Oh, my gosh. Um, so before we get to the next segment of the podcast in which we're going to go to the kitchen, let me first apologize for my voice. I still have this weird respiratory thing that's hanging on. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know this. And it's still sitting around. It's not COVID. I, it's just not going away really fast. So I'm sorry my voice is giving out constantly. But let me also say that we have a newsletter and you can subscribe to it by going to our website, bruceandmark.com. And there's a form there. Fill it out. I do not capture your email. I do not even know that you've signed up. And furthermore, I do not ever allow anyone to sell it under any circumstances. You can unsubscribe to that at any time. It includes the recipes from this podcast and also bits about our life here in rural New England. So let's head to the kitchen. 
Today I am making a really interesting dish that is made with ground pork, and I'm going to call it a pork dipping sauce. Now, I want to explain where this came from. Okay. So we were up in Maine on holiday. I mean, we'd spent a time up in Maine uh, trying to get away after we'd finished a book. I think we went to Portland and we were eating like crazy in Portland, Maine, mm -hmm. which has an excellent food scene. And we were on our way back here to our place in New England and we passed through Lowell, Massachusetts. And if you don't know, Lowell has a gigantic Cambodian population and we decided we were just going to try a Cambodian restaurant. So we yelped it in the car. We found one. We went to this restaurant in Lowell. They suggested we try this dish, which I couldn't possibly pronounce. I'm going to pronounce it poorly. The way it's written in Roman letters in the English alphabet is prahakitis. Right. And prahak, P-R-A-H-O-K, it's actually the name of this fermented fish, usually mudfish, that is pounded into a paste. And this paste is a staple of Cambodian cooking. It is, but... But we're not making a Cambodian dish. Nope, we're so not. So here's what happened. This dish of meat sauce came to our table and a big platter of raw vegetables, and we didn't know what to do. <laughs> we had to call the waiter over, and she said to us, oh, you just pick up the, I'm not kidding, the slice of eggplant, the carrots, the celery, the zucchini rounds. You just pick them up, and you drag them through this meat sauce and eat them. At first, I was like, what? Wait, raw eggplant? Seriously? But it was one of the most absurdly delicious and comforting lunches I've had in a long time. So what happens here is that we've come back to our house and Bruce has been playing around and he's created not anything <laughs> that is even close to Pahakatis or however you say it. Pahakatis. I don't even know. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I do not even know the slightest word in Cambodian. But he's created something that is like this, that it's a meat sauce for raw vegetables. It's really wild. It so is let's really great. start. So I'm starting by making my own curry paste because you need a curry paste at the bottom of this. If you don't want to make your own curry paste, you can go to your age, local Asian market and you can buy a bottled or jarred <laughs> red curry paste. But here's the thing. Don't buy one that has red chilies as the first ingredient. It's going to be way too hot. Chilies should be in there, but maybe not first. Maybe you'll want to see shallots. It should definitely have lemongrass. It should have macroot leaves. It mm. should have garlic. And but I make lime leaves. Yeah, lime leaves. So right. I'm going to make my own chili paste here. What I've done already is I had three guajillo chilies. I scraped out the seeds using my surgical gloves, which you all know I love, and I broke them into pieces and I soaked them in hot water for 20 minutes. Guajillo chilies. This is an interesting bit here, and as some people may not know what they are. They have a very chocolatey flavor to them when they're dried. They get, they're not, uh, they get, they're, I was going to say, they get very earthy and chocolatey, but they're also not terribly hot. They're a little hot, but they're not mind-bogglingly hot as guajillos. You can find them in large supermarkets markets amongst the dried chilies, or there's a billion online suppliers yep. that will send you guajillo chilies. You can keep them in a cool, dark pantry sealed up in a bag for a year, a long time. They will eventually start to break down and rot, but it takes a long time. So as Bruce says, he's soaked these in boiling water for 20 minutes. Well, put boiling water on them and then mm -hmm. soak them for 20 minutes. And now we're going to put them in, uh, we're going to use a Nutribullet. I love my Nutribullet. I'm I very excited about I, it. Maybe you know this, but if 
you follow us on social media, but I've been cooking much more vegan food lately. And uh, when I cook and uh, every vegan chef I follow on TikTok and on Instagram Reels uses Nutribullet. So I convinced my chef husband <laughs> that we needed one. And now he loves it. He, at first he was resistant and now he loves it. Anyway, you can use a food processor. It's a little big. A mini food a processor mini might be better. You can also use a blender. But again, there's not a ton of stuff here. So it's hard to get it well, blended Well, the up. other alternative is a mortar and pestle. Yes, and, and you, you can, can crush you it. You can crush it all up. So okay, so we're going to put the chilies, the drained chilies, mm-hmm. into the... Uh, Nutribullet, and then we're going to put three stalks of lemongrass, and this is just the middle tender part. Yeah. You're not going to use the outer dry leaves. You're going to pull all the outer leaves off. You're going to use only the tender inner core. We're going to put four garlic cloves, and I love this piece of fresh turmeric. There are four macroot lime leaves, uh, and these are fresh. We got them at a local Asian market. You can use dried macroot lime leaves. If you don't know about macroot, M-A-K-R-U-T, lime leaves, look them up online. Again, a common ingredient in Southeast Asian cooking, and a lot of Asian cooking, and a lot of Indian cooking even, right, at this yep. point. So, and Malaysian cooking, yeah, very common across the board there. So, again, these are fresh. Uh, you can use dried. And then... Some ginger. And then I'm going to... How much? I uh, have another one-inch piece. So it's about the same size of turmeric and ginger. Right. And I'm putting in a quarter cup of water. I might have to add more, but first I'm going to screw on the bottom of this Nutribullet and I'm going to blend it. Yeah, and it needs a little bit more water. So I'm going to put a little bit more water in. The, you can the, go up to a half a cup The total. pain in the neck about the Nutribullet is to put more water in, you have to kind of re-unscrew it and take the whole thing apart. And I know. Water. Unlike the Vitamix, which you could just pour it through the top. But it's uh, this is really too few ingredients for a yeah. good Vitamix. You can do it, but it's going to be frustrating. Uh, many food processors will let you often pull, pour right through the top, but... Yeah. Um, the Nutribullet can be a pain. Okay, so now it's we've got better. the chili yeah, base. It's really better now. So now, now we're so. going to make the pork dip. And here's how you're going to do it. You're going to go to the stove, and you're going to get a wok. And you're going to heat it up, get it nice and hot. Okay, here we go. Over high heat. Mm-hmm. There we are. Doesn't take long to heat up. I have this thing called the Wokman. It concentrates the, the flame a, on the bottom, it's and it's ring super... around your burner. You can't it, use it on an electric stove. No. It's a gas stove. Thing. So it really heats it up fast. And into that, I'm putting three tablespoons of oil. You use a neutral flavored oil or peanut oil. Yep. And I'm dumping in the chili paste. And I'm going to fry this until it is very, very fragrant. This is going to take about 30 seconds. If you have a vent over your stove, it's a good idea to put it on. Otherwise, you might uh, disturb other people. In your okay, house. so once that it gets really hot and uh, uh, also your eyes start to burn, mm-hmm. then you want to crumble in one and a half pounds or 675 grams of ground pork. If you can find lean ground pork, that's great. If you can grind your own, you're insane. Even better. Oh my gosh, you're insane. But you want to do that in and you want to now toss it and stir fry it. Okay, so this pork isn't going to take very long to get cooked. I mean, it takes a minute or so. But what we're looking for is that we lose that pink raw color and it starts to brown. It's going to go a little longer when we add the other aromatics. So what are some of those other Well, while Mark is stirring that pork up, I have four Anaheim chilies. I like Anaheims because they're hot, but they're not too hot. And I'm going to toss them in while Mark is doing the pork now. So they just add some of their fragrance to that. And now we have a thing about sugar. You can add white sugar. You can add brown sugar. I'm actually using palm sugar because I love palm sugar. And it has a little edge of caramel to it already. That's a tablespoon of that. And then 
two tablespoons of shrimp paste. And if you don't know about shrimp paste, get ready. It's a little bit stinky. Uh, it's a it's a fermented product, mm -hmm. right? And it what it does is it mellows, just like fish sauce, mm -hmm. over the heat and gives this pork an incredibly deep, complex, savory flavor. Look for a shrimp paste that has oil floating on top of it. Don't mm. get one that's dry. I love the ones that are that almost look like chili crisps, that they have oil floating on top. And we're also adding fish sauce because I want this to be really complex and really deep and really delicious. And then what are you putting in now? Okay, this is one and a half teaspoons of chicken soup powder, bouillon, right? Bouillon, chicken bouillon powder. So what we're doing here is we're adding a lot of salt, of course, and a lot of savory base. It's all to balance that sugar. So one and a half teaspoons of chicken soup powder or chicken bouillon. You can crush up a cube and get one and a half teaspoons as you need it. And now finally, here we go, a cup of coconut milk. Do not use low-fat coconut milk by any stretch of your imagination. You're going to use, you want the full creamy richness to cut the spice, to balance it all. And now we are just going to let this bubble away for about 10 or 15 minutes to reduce because there's a lot of liquid with that coconut milk. We want this to become actually almost the texture of an Italian meat sauce. And so we are going to let this bubble and then we're going to come back when it is ready to taste. All right, now it is ready to taste. It's come off the heat. It's cooled down a bit. It's quite thick. It's kind of like bolognese. It doesn't smell like bolognese, but it's kind of like bolognese in its texture. And what we have here, what we have today is a bunch of, of cut up uh, zucchini and uh, pickling cucumbers. Mm. And <laughs> we can drag these through the sauce. They're dead raw. You want dead raw vegetables, tomatoes, if you like onions, sliced onions, yes. If you like radishes, yes. Cabbage is really a Cabbage wonderful thing, too. Cabbage is great. A bok choy is great. Uh, kale, if it's small and digestible, is great. Believe it or not, small collard greens that have the stems cut out are great, raw. And believe it or not, again, I keep saying believe it or not, I had this with eggplant the first mm -hmm. time with thin slices of raw eggplant. So what you want is raw vegetables here, and you're going to drag it through this meat sauce. And then you're going to eat it. Oh, Oh, this is delicious. I love Asian flavors. I love the fish sauce. I love the coconut. I love the sugar. I find this so comforting. There's something about the coconut and the sugar and the chilies that, for me, it's a comfort food. Yeah, it's really wild. Um, this is really an unusual recipe. I mean, this is an original creation from Bruce. It may have been inspired which was shot, but this bears no resemblance to anything that is authentically Cambodian or anything. This is kind of his original riff off that using more accessible ingredients. I know, I know, um, the lime leaves, and it's not terribly accessible, but but red curry paste is very accessible. You can find it, and it's so tasty and delicious, and it is really a great contrast, warm against the cold, mm -hmm. raw vegetables. I love them cold. Uh, again, we got this uh, in the restaurant originally with tomatoes, onions. There was just a whole big, giant platter of vegetables to drag through it. I really like it with cabbage and, uh, and you know, cord collards, as I say. I think you nailed Just that when you it. said the temperature. That's, that is, it's that contrast of the cold vegetables, the mm, warm sauce, the crunchy of the vegetables, the rich chewiness of the pork. It's a combination that's unique that 
I had never tried before, and right. I just love this. Right. And uh, yes, could you eat this on rice? Of course you mm-hmm. could. But it's better with the raw vegetables. Just trust us on this. It's a very unusual flavor profile. It is deep, complex, sophisticated. It's probably not for the third grade set. But it is really unusual and interesting, and it's a wild way to wake up your palate. All right, before we get to the last segment of our podcast, What's Making Us Happy in Food This Week, let me say that it'd be great if you could subscribe to this podcast, if you could rate it, give it a rating, and even a review. Even Great Podcast Does Wonders. Thank you to all of you who have done that. Uh, we so appreciate it because we are willfully unsupported. So it is the way that you can support Not woefully, us. willfully. Willfully <laughs> unsupported. So it is the way you can support us. Okay, off to what's making us happy in food this week. It's the same thing that makes me happy every February Satsuma oranges. <laughs> oh my goodness! I they. I only. Okay, I'm going to tell you why I laugh. But go on. They are tiny little mandarins that are so intensely orange flavored. They're a little sour, but still sweet. They don't have seeds. You can peel them and eat them in one bite, and they make me so happy. And I buy enough that I can even squeeze some and have juice with a little bit of. Uh, the reason I'm laughing is because we went to California to see our niece. She had the lead in her high school musical for her senior year. She was Ariel in A Little Mermaid and The Little Mermaid? A uh, Little Mermaid? How about just Little Mermaid? Okay, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. Believe it or not, I had never seen I think it's The Little Mermaid. Said Mermaid. So I knew nothing about it. I didn't know anything about Ursula. I knew nothing. So I know I'm a bad gay. But I had never seen any of these things. So um, we went and saw her and uh, on our way home back to New England, we had to fly through a snowstorm and through a snowstorm into New England. We landed in a snowstorm. We drove out of the airport in a snowstorm. And instead of going straight home, being ever now the intrepid New Englanders that we are, we actually stopped at a Whole Foods so Bruce could buy said Satsumas. Because, you know, God forbid we should just drive home and try to get home safe. And boy, no. I am so happy with my Satsumas. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. So what's made me happy in food this week is something that Bruce made for me to help me get over this respiratory grossness. And that is a giant pot of chicken soup. And he made real chicken soup, as we call it in our house, which by that he means Jewish chicken Jewish soup. Jewish penicillin is soup, it's yeah. clear. The way I judge a good chicken soup is not just the flavor. It has to be clear. I know, and I, I'm different. I brown the chicken. I essentially make chicken stew, so I don't make anything like this. And what he did is he took a bunch of chicken wings and put them in an Instant Pot with water, and he cooked them in an Instant Pot till they were dead <laughs> a long time. And then he took them out. He took all the meat off the wings. He saved the meat to the side. He clarified the juice of any foam or the juice. I poured it through my super fine mesh conical strainer. Right, to get rid of any impurities. And then he heated that and reduced it a bit, right? Mm -hmm. A little bit. And cooked noodles separately, egg noodles, and then ladled the hot soup over the cooked noodles and added back a little bit of that chicken meat. It was so delicious. Play your cards right, and what's left of it, you're going to get 
Kreplach with that chicken uh, Kreplach. All right. See, I Jewish live, dumplings. I live in a delicatessen. That's where I live. Okay. <laughs> thanks for being a part of the show. This week. I know that was a weird recipe, but we were really excited about it and really love it with the crunchy vegetables. Give it a try. If you want to find that recipe, you can find it on our website, bruceandmark.com. You can also see Bruce making this recipe on our TikTok channel, Cooking with Bruce and Mark, or in our Facebook feed, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. See, it's all Cooking with Bruce and Mark. We did that on purpose. And you can find Bruce making it there and find the recipe in those places as well as on our website and we'd love to have you back next week and every week we tell you what's making us happy in food this week tell us what's making you happy in food this week on our Facebook group Cooking with Bruce and Mark and if it's really fun and exciting we'll talk about it here on our next episode